It's Tennessee Titanstock. Divisional week, guys. It's been really weird waiting. Two weeks for a playoff game, but here it is. Super excited. Vegas has the Tennessee Titans as a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the visiting Cincinnati Bengals. What's your first thought of that, Landon? They have a lot of respect for the Bengals' offense, and I think they are undervaluing the return of Derrick Henry because they're saying on a neutral field, we're one point better than them at most. And Cincinnati has been really good, but they have some obvious weaknesses, and they had some big injuries last week that line up with our major strengths. I understand you have to play it safe, and they can beat us outright. They can play us close, but three and a half feels a bit disrespectful for a team that is finally getting healthy and is going to have one of the greatest pregame moments in NFL history when the best player in the NFL walks back on the field. Derry, you were saying before the show, it's weird because we like the Bengals, and I think most Titans fans, most just NFL fans like that they're good and Burrow – just his energy is just fun. It's just great for the league and how good Jamar Chase has been immediately. I have a feeling for a lot of Titans fans, one way or the other, that is lovable Bengals thing for us anyway. That's going to end this weekend one way or the other. There's a proximity thing, right? Cincinnati is a, you know pretty close to, to Nashville. Yeah, about and so, four hours. Right. So, yeah, there's just like there's some familiarity. We know the, the history of that franchise and how they've struggled. And it's actually really cool to see a franchise like Cincinnati – get some young talent and build, you know, have some building blocks. And, uh, and I think, you know, it's, it's interesting because Jamar Chase has just been electrifying. Joe Burrow has just been amazing. You know, his story from, you know, Ohio state to LSU. And so he's, he's, they're the type of team and they have players you want to root for, but I have no doubt at around, you know, three thirty central standard time on Saturday, I will hate the Bengals. Like I hate the Ravens and the Steelers and, any other team that plays the Titans. And so it's amazing. I, I think this could be the beginning of a good rivalry. Hopefully both these teams will be good for a long time. Landon, it's a little more nuanced for you. I know you like this team. I know you like Chase and Burrow from the LSU days. Made you consider going to college. Uh, you visited there. Saturday, what are you expecting? We're going to be there. What are you expecting uh, in the stadium, outside the stadium, on the field? It's kind of interesting to think, Derry mentioned how close Cincinnati is. Like, what are your expectations? What do you expect to see Saturday? I think it'll be 70, 30 times fans maybe bumped up to 75, 25. Yes, the Bengals are close and there'll be a reseller's market. But the times were selling divisional round and AFC championship tickets like the Monday and Tuesday after we beat the Dolphins and locked up the division, even before we beat the Texans and locked up the one seed. So Tynes fans have had two extra weeks to buy these tickets. And for once, this is our first one seed since 2008. It's our first home game since 2008, since last year was COVID. We haven't won a playoff game in Nashville since I think like 2002, 2003. We've won a couple of playoff games, but they've all been on the road. It's not quite the Bengals drought, but Nashville hasn't seen an NFL playoff win in forever. And then you just add in the fact that Derrick Henry is returning. He's not back yet, and Vrabel and him are playing cool. Like, oh, we'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling. Wink, wink as if the best player in the NFL isn't going to be ready to go with 12 weeks off. So when Henry walks out that tunnel, it's going to be deafening. Just the Henry chance, like whatever you remember from the the Thursday night Jags game when everyone was chanting his name or the Chiefs game this year when we got in the red zone, it'll be three times as loud. It's going to be exciting. I do think we're going to explode out the gate and go up early on them just because 
in big emotional moments, this team rises up to the occasion, like the Rams game. The first game without Henry, that was the best game the defense has played. It was one of the best defensive games of the year. We've talked about it for two months. He's finally going to be back on the field. Landon says a lot of good things about Henry and how he's going to be a game changer, I think, for the fans. Realistically, what are your expectations for him on the field Saturday? I expect him to come back and, and be the Derrick Henry of old. I think the you know everything that he's, he said, all the, the workouts that we've seen, it seems like he's moving really well. And I'm actually excited about a well-rested Derrick Henry playing in, you know, late January, you know, playoff cold weather football. I, I don't think a team like the Bengals is going to want to get hit by, by our offensive line and to get hit by Derrick Henry as he's, you know, coming through the hole for four quarters. Uh, and, and the great thing that we've developed while he's been gone is now we have, we're not just going to have this massive one punch, but we have a great one-two now with Deontay Foreman that we can still stay physical when Derek needs a break. And so he can give us as many runs as hard as he can. And if that means that's only 20 tough carries and Deontay can give us another 10 to 12 tough carries, so be it. We're just going to pound on them the entire game. Yeah, I don't think that's overplayed. I think we do have a guy that can spell him for, you know, five or so carries a game. I mean, he, he looked really impressive down the stretch, and there is value in that all out. Derrick Henry is the only guy I can think of that would play that position or one of the offensive skill positions, and you just expect him to be what he was the last time he was on the field. I think that's our fans' expectations. I mean, the stakes are high. He's super professional, takes care of himself. He's had a couple of weeks of practice. You mentioned – how Cincinnati going to handle that run? That linebacking core, Landon, I know you know a lot about this team, and they have improved as a defense down the stretch. I like their safeties. That just so happens to be a weakness, right? Them against the run, especially in that back front seven. Yeah, they were right about league average in terms of yards per carry allowed. And this is really going to be huge. A lot of times fans already know Larry Ogjanobi, who is their Danico Autry, their best interior defensive lineman. He's out for the year, so he's not playing. He was huge to their run defense. And we saw the Raiders, who were very hit and miss, although they got better down the stretch. Josh Jacobs ran for 83 yards, 6 yards per carry, made it look easy at times. And that was even when Trey Hendrickson was in the game. Now, Hendrickson looks like he's going to play even though he's in concussion protocol. Their linebackers are solid. They're not great. Their defensive front is going to be gassed because they just played an amazingly emotional game last week. They lost their backups. They're going to have to go down here and play us. We're going to smack him in the face. I mean, Derrick Henry, it's not like receivers where you have to get chemistry. It's you make your two, three reads, you hit the hole, you go, and you are just so freakish an athlete that it doesn't matter. Derrick, he mentions uh, both these teams are pretty healthy. Hendrickson, you're going to expect to play because he's been practicing after that concussion last week. But Hendrickson, really their whole free agent class has been uh, DJ Reader. Hendrickson especially have been just very good. Awuzie was a cast off in Dallas and has been, you know, one of the probably five best corners in this league by advanced analytics. Derry, what are you expecting to see from an injury standpoint? Like, for instance, one of our players, since everybody's here together, do you expect someone to stand out since they don't have to shoulder the load or since they're all together healthy? The the great thing that we're we're as healthy a team as we've been all season. 
And while we did set a record for the number of players that, that you know, <laughs> played on the active roster this season, I think that's built up some depth and, and given some players some experience. But I think at this point, we're going to go with our best guys that are in there uh, that will be healthy and, and, and ready to play. But we know that we're a team that can adapt if we do have some players go down. I think that's going to be the key. Like, that's actually the key to, to our success this season is – next man up mentality, um, and, you know, fight through the adversity of the injuries that we faced this year. And, you know, I, I think our defense is going to really be put to the test. Like, you know, I think early on in the season, we saw where we were as a defense, we, we were struggling, but I've never seen a team. And this just isn't just as a Titans fan, but just a team in general that has like really transformed their defense from being one of the worst like we were last year trying to get off third down to one of the best teams. And and I think that's just due to developing talent, developing our players, you know, uh, getting more familiar with the scheme and the coordinators and everything. So really looking forward to seeing a healthy Titans team go out and really uh, attack this game. I think most Titans fans probably haven't watched a full Bengals game. I know we've lately <laughs> watched the end of a few. What's going to surprise the average Titans fan? We know about Burrow and we know – uh, obviously, about their amazing rookie receiver. And I think a lot of people know about Reader and Hendrickson from other teams, and we know that they've closed really well their exciting offense. What I think, what do you think the average Titans fans should be looking for that they wouldn't normally like a certain player or a scheme? Uh, what, what's going to surprise us about this team Saturday? How sneaky, solid their back seven is in pass coverage. The analytics are low on them, they have them a bit below average. We look at that secondary, it's really four deep, then after that the depth gets shaky because of injuries, but Von Bell and Jesse Bates, really solid safety duo. They're going to make Tannehill play straight up. He can't afford any of his usual mistakes. We talked about Awuzie being amazing this year. Eli Apple has been decent. So they're secondary, they're not a pushover, although A.J. Brown and a locked-in Julio can certainly get their own against whoever has Eli Apple on them. Then C.J. Uzama, he's really their fifth best offensive weapon because they have that trio of receivers plus Joe Mixon, but Uzama is like if Jeff Swain were athletic. Like, he's a he's a tough run blocker. He's a, he's a solid possession guy. He can actually get yards after the catch. He's a big safety valve for them, especially in the red zone where he's one of their big guys inside. And we've been much, much better against tight ends this year. We've erased the two best tight ends in the NFL when we played them. So, but Uzama, if we divert so much attention to Chase and Higgins and even Boyd, and we're just running around trying to stop this passing attack. Uzama's one of those sneaky guys where he just sneaks into the soft coverage, makes the possession catch, gets the first down. And if we have to play Zach Cunningham or Rashawn Evans a lot, he can can certainly exploit their pass coverage. Derry, true or false? Um, Part one. The Bengals' biggest weakness is the right-hand side of their offensive line. We know this isn't a good offensive line. It's improved from last year. Burrell's still been sacked, third most in the league. True or false, to really take advantage and for sure win this game, uh, Harold Landry, Danielle Autry on that right side, they're going to have to take advantage of Adenogy, Prince, Hopkins at center. Uh, that's gonna. They're going to have to absolutely – leverage that uh, to kind of blow this game open. You mentioned before the show, they're going to have to just get Burrow dirty. Is that, is that the key matchup? 100% true. Yeah. That's to me, that's the game getting pressure on Burrow 
is is essential to to us you know controlling the you know we have to control the line of scrimmage we have to uh, get pressure on him we have to bat balls down we have to do whatever we can to to make him uncomfortable uh in in the backfield because you know to get pressure with four i think is is essential because we we need to the the receiving depth is is so amazing and uh and the talent in there you know uh, in, you know on the outside is just is ridiculous that my concern is the team that team found some really great rhythm with their offense you know week 16 week 17. the hope obviously they sat a lot of guys uh to end the season and but seemed to pick it right back up uh you know in the, in the wild card round so we have to get we have to sack burrow we have to pressure burrow we have to hit him We've got to really make him uncomfortable in order to win this game. Landon, if you just go straight up man-to-man like it was pickup basketball, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins against N. Nickel, Fulton, Bolden, and Jackrabbit Jenkins, not – I mean, that three for us has been good. Um, don't want to take away anything from them, but Chase, Boyd, and Higgins has got to be the best trifecta at receiver, I guess, in this league this year. They've all played very well. That worries me when you match them up, and we'll do a lot of man. How comforting is it to you that, well, I think we you've mentioned before, Byard has been the best safety in the NFL this year quantitatively. Hooker hasn't been far behind him with a pretty good pass rush. I mean, that's that's the only way. With some help from safeties and making, the, making Burrow really have to move out of the pocket, make some quick decisions, that's going to be our hope, right? That's how that's going to get done because – those three guys are good and getting better. For sure, with the Bucks injuries and Antonio Brown's off-the-field stuff, the Bengals are the best wide receiver tree in the NFL period, which is scary because two of those guys have played like 20 or less games in the NFL. But to go back to what you said about matching up, I read earlier to say that we don't do a lot of shadow coverage, so Fulton is generally the left cornerback. Jack Rabbit is the right cornerback, which is where Chase lines up most of the time. So I'd actually expect Fulton to play a lot of one-on-one with Higgins, and we'll use Jenkins and then safety help over the top to bracket Jamar Chase. Now, to any Titans fan out there, just go ahead and assume that Jamar Chase is going to have 100 yards or more. The question is, is he going to get them like he did against the Raiders where it's a bunch of 10-yard, 15-yard first-down catches, or is it going to be those huge explosive plays we see on red zone every single week? I do like Mullen on Tyler Boyd, especially with David Long, and hopefully Jayon Brown is active for this game. Because Rashawn Evans, Zach Cunningham, their pass coverage is not up to snuff. But Jayon, David Long, with By- with Molden inside, I think that's good enough. And I would expect the Bengals' offensive line to be better than I thought against the Raiders. But the Raiders don't have the interior presence to really punish their interior offensive line. They were banged up going in. And outside of that, the Raiders' defense is much, much worse than us at every single level. Jeffrey Simmons and Autry inside is going to I think wreck their they're going to wreck the interior of that offensive line that's going to shake things up I would expect Burrow to still have a big day Chase to have a big day but Higgins Boyd I think we match up pretty well on them I think and I hope it doesn't come to this um, Joe Mixon is really underrated right he's good as he ever has been I don't think he gets a lot of fanfare because he's in Cincinnati and he's had some injury issues and of course Burrow's a star uh, there now. Well, how do you feel? Well, we talked about Cincinnati's linebackers. Ours, I'll, well, they're scrappy and they're good, but they, 
I mean, Jayon Brown has not played well at all against the run this year. He's going to be out there Saturday. Do you worry at all about Mixon? Mixon's a talented back. So certainly a three-down back, right? He can run, he can catch. I, I like him a lot. Like, I, I, I honestly, I agree. I think he's an underrated, you know, just below top-tier sort of running back in the, in, the, in the league, very versatile. I just, I don't, it feels like just the way that that offense has been sort of skewing uh, this season, is, uh, especially near, near the latter half, that they don't give him the ball quite enough. Um, and, and it feels like uh, just the offense is going to be geared more towards the pass game. Now, the way we play, right, we're a, we're a methodical, hold the ball, physical team. And so, you know, we don't run away from teams, you know, um, typically, unless our defense is, is forcing some turnovers. And so uh, should give them a chance to give Mixon plenty of touches, right? He could certainly get 20 touches, but it just doesn't feel as though, uh, I, I, you know, he does, I don't feel like if we're going to lose this game, it's going to be because Joe Mixon had a, had a big game, right? It, it feels like if we if we lose, it's going to be because we, we gave up a lot of red zone style, you know, big plays to, to, to Higgins and Chase. Landon Derry says, if we lose this game, it's because we're going to let those two guys stay on the field when it matters. And um, I think that's that's probably it for you. I think it's going to be the inverse. I think it's going to be us keeping them off the field. Uh, whatever they want to do, they score, score touchdown. Uh, we have an offensive line that is, has some injury issues and taken a lot of flack from our fan base. But if you look at advanced analytics, uh, Kissenberry has been very, very, about as good as anybody at that position against the run. We're built to roll downhill in a cold weather January game. Here we are. We got our guy back, and these guys are healthy. And if you look across that line, they've graded out really well against the run. We're all set up. But I think we're not set up necessarily to win the game. I think we're set up to keep whoever off the field in the third and fourth quarter. I hope that's what we wind up doing. I say all to say this, Landon, you know what I think, you know what Derry thinks. What's the key to this game? What is the key? The key is to get the passing game, is to, is to get the passing game open. Because like you mentioned, Unless Henry has several big plays or we get a defensive touchdown or whatnot, we can't pull away. And we saw in the Chiefs game, the Bengals just have such quick strike ability that you can't go into the fourth quarter, you're up two possessions, and just go, all right, we're going to round the clock because they have to slowly march down the field. Now, they can score in one play from anywhere on the field, and you have to respect that. The Bengals secondary is good. It is also beatable, especially at cornerback two where Julio Jones has... He's healthy now. He's had two weeks off, off his best game of the year, his second best game of the year. He's gotten healthy. I've been looking at some film on Twitter. He's not as good as he once was. He's not that legendary receiver, but he's still a very good receiver. He's still a great intermediate possession guy. If you you can get the chains moving with him, A.J. Brown has his usual big day, and Nick Westbrook has some tough catches over the middle. It's not the offense of the first half of the season where it felt like it was just here, Derrick Henry, here's 35 touches. Beat up the defense, and our passing game will do just enough until it ain't going to work that way in no. January. As a subset to what he very well just said, we're going to have to get something from not just something for the pass game. We're, Tannehill has been really gutsy, and he looks healthy. I think he's up for We I think so many people casually say, ah, oh, Tannehill, because he's not a name. He's not been around for 10 years. I don't doubt him and his toughness and his mental ability, some of these quarterbacks, they get frazzled. He's had his moments, but I don't think frazzled is one of the things he's we've seen, uh, at least in a Titans jersey. I have full confidence in him, but he's never 
going to do it by himself. A.J. Brown has just unbelievable physical ability, and I, I don't think any moment is too big for him. But on top of what Landon says, I could see this coming down to Julio Jones. He's graded out really well from an analytical standpoint, although he hasn't caught a lot of passes. He does everything well on the field. He's going to have to make a play Saturday. I really believe that. So surprisingly, this is where I'm like extremely excited right now. Like I feel like I feel like Julio, he has enough in the tank to just sort of like this is what we got him for is right now. And when I think about Julio in the playoffs or the last couple of years when he's able to sort of tap into that, you know, reserve of greatness that that we know is there. I feel like this is what we've been sort of saving it for. I was really excited about the way he played near the end of the season. I'm glad that he's healthy. I think he's he's one of those players that fits us well because he's super physical. And I think that he's going to – I actually really think he's going to fall out in the playoffs. I'm really excited about Julio. I think he's going to be able to win. And I think when you combine him with A.J. Brown, this is where I actually think our team is going to be so explosive. Uh, in the playoffs because we've got Derrick Henry coming back. I think defenses are going to just be afraid and load up the box against us. And now we've got two outside receivers that can win. And while, yeah, we don't have that deep ball, we've got guys that can break some 15-plus yard plays um, in Julio and AJ. And so I'm excited. I think Julio's going to play great. Going into this game, how are you feeling about our, our offensive play calling? I know – we were down on it earlier in the season. We've been up. Just your gut feeling, like your confidence level of this coaching staff, especially the offensive coaching staff, uh, going into Saturday. My gut feeling is there's blood in the water, boys. That there's a big shark that wears number 22. Todd Downing, Mike Vrabel. We know what the strength of this team is. It's running the ball. So uh, I, I just feel like we're going to take advantage of the matchup. Um, they've got a banged-up defensive line. And I think we're not going to do anything cute past couple of plays. I feel like Todd Downing has called a couple of cute plays to try to get creative. And they didn't really work out a whole lot. To be honest, and when I say cute, I mean like trick plays. I would love us to use A.J. Brown more like the, the Niners use Debo Samuel. But they don't have Derrick Henry. You know, I agree with you. And I I watch uh, the 49ers and what they do on offense. And Landon, you know, I've uh, wished that we would use AJ Brown like a running back in some capacity, even on stretch plays, you know, four or five times a game. I just think he would be ideal. And I think he's a better Debo Samuel, uh, especially as it comes to running plays and, and certain trick plays like that. All that being said, what are you looking for? What is your expectation? What would you like to see from an offensive play call standpoint Saturday? The offensive staff having properly u- utilized the two weeks we've had off, a week where it wasn't, all right, we have to prepare for this next opponent, so we can't really focus on our own stuff. Just a week where I hope the offense was just Tannehill and Julio pouring over hours and hours and hours of film and figuring out why they don't have that chemistry and trying to fix it. Because you look at the film, Julio is probably 80% of what he once was. But he is getting open on these intermit on these intermediate over the middle plays, and Tannehill, for whatever reason, even when it's a clean pocket, he hesitates. He doesn't hesitate with AJ Brown. He'll try the tightest windows with AJ Brown. Same with Corey Davis back in the day. So is it just a matter of a lack of chemistry, a lack of reps? But Julio is getting open, and then John, you talked about the lack of the deep shot we've had. Julio, 
although we don't use him a ton, on like every single deep route he runs, there's a very good chance he would have made that play if Tannehill would take that shot or would just trust him. I just want to see, especially with Henry back, and although he's really un- he's going to be an underrated piece, but Torrey Carter coming back at fullback, everyone expecting us to power run, just beat them up at the line of scrimmage. This is the perfect game where you finally unlock Julio's deep shot game with Tannehill because it's been there all year. They just don't have the trust with each other. Guys, I kind of hate to bring this up, but I feel like we have to. And I want to get all three of your perspective on this, starting with Derry and then Bigfell and then Landon. Um, you guys know, I I kind of see, especially the way sports are covered in this country, along with everything else, is like there's a dumbing down um, just because there's so much information out there and anybody can have a voice. I don't know what it is because papers aren't really a thing. No one really gets paid a lot of money, so there's not a lot of great writing out there. The need to have the clickbait type stuff just really gets on my nerves. And the four of us are obsessed with this team, so we're constantly Googling and looking for <laughs> Titan stuff. But the Titans are one of the worst number one seeds ever sort of narrative that even has hit like ESPN. Uh, I mean, I get it, and there's some quantitative stuff to that. I'm sure Landon will uh, – I, w- I would like to hear all of y'all's opinion on that. But for me – it makes me so mad because what does that matter for one? And number two, if from a personnel standpoint or coaching standpoint, if they're not seen as that uh, or they didn't maybe have the the statistical prowess of previous number one seeds, doesn't that mean the coaching and the play on the field and the character of both the coaching staff and the team, isn't that a positive thing? I just It just gets on my nerves. Maybe it shouldn't. We'll start with you, Derry. It's ridiculous, man. Like, there's not a team in the playoffs that has a better resume than us. We've beaten the Niners, we've beaten the Chiefs, we've beaten the Bills this year. Those are three of the best teams uh, from the wildcard weekend. And we beat them all. And so I, I really think it's a, the narratives are always driven by quarterbacks. And so, you know, Tannehill's not the the sexy name that is – Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or even Joe Burrow at this point, right? And so you have to have that sort of leading man. And our leading man wears 22 and he's a freaking monster and, and everybody's afraid of him, but people don't wanna, don't wanna tell that story. And maybe it's because Derrick Henry's been out for the last you know, you know, few weeks and maybe that's why te- people underrate us. But it is ridiculous when people say that we're the worst number one seed when I don't see a team in this playoff field that has better wins than us this season. And I know, big fella, that they do that to get people like me mad, and I am. <laughs> and so that's so I fall right into the stupid trap. But still, right? Yeah, no, I, I am furious. I, I, I hate that. You know, the commentary of us being the worst one seed. It's just such a stupid argument. To Derry's point, like, what obstacle have we not overcome this season? with a banged up roster i don't even know if banged up is a fair word to use with a very limited roster line them up knock them down niners bills chiefs took care of business did what we needed to do so it's just so dumb i mean were people saying that about the eagles when they won the super bowl that i mean they weren't a number one seed but like are they not worthy of the trophy this it's just such a stupid stupid commentary and you know like you said they get people like us who are very passionate. They infuriate us this way. So let's shut up and play ball. 
it more annoys me than enrages me because I think purely in a vacuum, if you look at it from a purely analytical perspective, we probably are. And that's to be expected. I mean, we used the most players ever. We missed all of our offensive weapons, missed a lot of time. Our receiver room died completely. The offensive line has been banged up. All our, all our linebacker room also died. Our cornerback room nearly died at one point. Over the course of the year, what happened? We did not play like a good number one seed. We were probably one of the worst number one seeds. But everyone either just writes that off as like, oh yeah, by the way, they were really injured and all these players missed games. But anyway, here's why they, they're frauds and they're not that good. You can't strip away the context of analytics. The numbers don't exist in the vacuum. They are taken from real life and there's variance in real life. And more importantly, especially for us, those numbers don't represent the team that's going to step on the field on Saturday. Two weeks ago against my against Miami, that was the first time our starting defense played all year. Our starting offensive line hadn't played a full game together until that game as well. We're finally going to have all of our starters for the first time all year on Saturday. The team that is about to play is not the same team that had to play 91 players and find spare parts off the street and make it work every single week. We're not the same team. John, Saturday at 3.30 is the perfect time slot for a fan that's <laughs> going to the game. Uh, what are your expectations Saturday? What do you expect to see, honestly? I mean, it's it's very hard um, because it's been a long time since we've heard about a sellout crowd before the game. I mean, you know, we've been to these games, and even though we finished with a 12-5 and record, there were still a lot of empty seats. I mean, it's been progressively better with the uh, the level of opponent that comes in, and, you know, that Monday night game against the Bills was probably as electric as that crowd will ever be. But all indications are that this game is sold out. I mean, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of people change their minds on the game. They've had COVID. They've had something come up. Um, so I fully expect this stadium to be the rowdiest it's ever been. I expect us to get up. We owe the Bengals one from last year when we kind of, you know, laid an egg when we went to Cincinnati and, you know, I just expect this, this crowd. I mean, everybody I've talked to is excited. I get on phone calls at work and they're all like, Hey, what do you think about the Titans game? And they're in California. They're in North Carolina. These are people that are not here and they are paying attention. So our fan base local, I think it's just going to be uh, absolutely electric. And, you know, it's something I will not miss. Quickly, I want each of your final thoughts. What's on your mind uh, as it relates to this game? And this game is on all of our minds a lot. I have shades of 2008. We had a good team. I think this is a mentally tough team. And things happen, and we have to be ready for that. And these Every team left is good. But I think we should and could win this game uh, Saturday. Uh, we have everything within our faculties. This is a good team. We don't have a ton of weaknesses. I think we can play our game and win. I think our stadium will be electric for what Big Fella just said. When I have trouble kind of considering that, I think that we have a healthy and underrated, very underrated offensive line against the run. I think we're just going to protect the ball and keep them off the field. And that's how I get to sleep this week. Uh, what's getting you guys to sleep? What's your final thoughts? We'll start with Derry and Derry. And from each of you, I want to get uh, your prediction for Saturday. I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm more excited about a Titans team than I have been in a long time. What's making me nervous, the 
only time that we really lose games is when we don't protect the ball, when, when we lose the turnover battle. And so, you know, there's this balancing act of, I want, I want Tannehill to play well, to be aggressive, but I also want him to be smart and to protect the ball. And so that's where, you know, that's where that, that balancing act is sort of keeping me up. Cause I, I feel like we're just on the verge of really like putting the, the rest of the teams in the playoffs uh, on notice that the Titans are back and that, uh, and that we're, that we're, you know, we're a team not to be played with. And so, uh, so I'm, I'm like super excited. Like I, this is a Super Bowl team guys. This is a legit Super Bowl team, right? So I think Titans win 34-17. Well, I know we all believe that they're a Super Bowl team. It's going to be a matter of, of going to do it. I think that's extremely well said. That's what you've got to think. And I think after what we've been through and just the AFC way it's been the last decade, you kind of have to keep telling yourself that. Well said. What about you, Landon? For me, it's just the moment when Derrick Henry walks out back on the field. <laughs> because you guys all know, it's hard to get me hype up. It's hard to get me super excited. I can probably count on one hand, maybe two hands, the times that I have been as excited or more excited than probably 3, 3.26 Central Time p.m. on Saturday when Derrick Henry walks out back on that field. The Thursday night game against the Jags, we were chanting his name, and he really became a legend. Just that is one of the most exciting, like most memorable moments of my life. And I just know that Saturday is going to blow that out of the water. And it's thirty-one seven. It's thirty-one twenty-one Titans. We're gonna we're gonna explode out the eight. We're gonna put them on notice. We're gonna get our first home playoff game in two, 20 years. We're gonna shut up all the haters. Time up. <laughs> Landon, I love you, buddy. I love you. I was about oh to say God. that was some uh, that was just heavenly words. Uh, I think I might have a Landon's... tear in my eye. Yeah, I knew you love that. Big <laughs> I need well, you guys and... to record to record Landon in that moment at three twenty six Central Time because I need oh, to God. see. Derry, how do yeah. you record someone hugging a stranger? I guess it'll have to be a video. It's coming to you. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you know, you guys have both said it. And I think, you know, well, number one, I'm sure you guys have seen it. But when Derrick Henry takes the field, we're all supposed to kick the seat backs of our chairs and make that noise um, so that the whole entire stadium shakes. And that's been going out on social media. So uh, we're kicking chairs. We're going to be going crazy. I I can already see Robert leaning on that dang fence, kicking that chair harder than I've ever seen in my life. So, number one, that's what we have to do. We have to welcome the king back. And I think he is going, I was reading an article where he was interviewed today and he said how much he appreciates the game so much more having been away for two plus months and he's going to relish this opportunity. So I'm going to make a crazy prediction. I'm going to, I'm going to have Derrick Henry going for not one, not two, at least three touchdowns. And uh, you know, this is all for, I I think they're going to try to limit him and he's going to say, Nope. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna run 35 times this game. I don't care what your game plan is. It's Derrick Henry time. Three touchdowns. Um, I like that you guys both picked 34 and 31 points. Really close to my prediction. I was thinking 31-17. Um, so Derry, when you said that, I'm like, why would we trot out uh, Randy Bullock for two field goals? I, you know, I think we're just gonna control the clock. I think Landon earlier in the week said 
kind of what I was thinking. We're going to go up on them really early, like maybe go on a 14 nothing run in the first quarter, um, and then we're just going to pile it on. And they're going to score garbage points. Um, I mean, you know, Jamar Chase and uh, Christian Bolton know each other incredibly well. And I, I, I think that matchup is going to be a wash, but I don't think it's going to yield any big plays. And I think everything is going to funnel through Henry and A.J. Brown and Julio. And Henry's going to be the workhorse again. Guys, it's hard to tell because both of these teams, uh, from a recent history standpoint, and you know, almost every one of these players have not been in this situation. The stakes are so high. But that being said, I could see this be an absolute classic. And I don't want to hear anybody in the national media talk about kind of overlook this game because everybody is going to want to watch this game. Joe Burrow, uh, our entire country loves to watch Derrick Henry play. Younger people, older people, he's throwback, but he's fun. And, I mean, he's everything. I mean, there's 50 million people watch this game. It wouldn't surprise me. The ratings have been unbelievable. They were for last weekend. This is uh, going to be uh, incredible. This could be 34-31. I think we're going to win this game by a field goal, and I do think there will be big plays, and I think this is going to come down to somebody's chubby kicker. And uh, it's scary, <laughs> but it's going to be electric. I cannot wait to be there. It's hard to imagine what it's going to be like, a Bengals-Titans huge game and what the weather's going to be like. It's just it's just going to be so fun and such a unique t- Saturday at 2.30. Everything about this game screams once in a lifetime in classic i am praying that we can find a way to beat these jokers it's going to be amazing i everybody in this fan base is super pumped i cannot wait well guys i want to thank uh Derry and landon and big fella for being on with us uh and i know you guys are excited thank you for listening to tennessee titans talk we hope to see you guys uh saturday and we'll talk to you soon tighten up tighten up tighten up I know.